Welcome to the Outback Way podcast. This edition is sponsored by our guidebook, which is available from our website, outbackway.org.au. Welcome to the Outback Way podcast. I am Helen Lewis. Buckle up as we take you on Australia's longest shortcut, a journey through the heart of Australia. Thank you for joining the Outback Way podcast. And we are joined today by Brendan Batty, the editor of Rome magazine. And uh, it's a terrific magazine for anyone out and about looking to caravan or camp and, and just simply exploring the great country we have. So welcome, Brendan, and thank you so much for joining our podcast. Oh, no worries. Great to be here. Uh, thanks for having me. Fantastic. And so um, we uh, had the pleasure... Um, last year to do a uh, media for mill and uh, that was captured um, in your issue 31 uh, of 2018 and uh, I gather there was a um, from your point of view it was a bit of a personal tragedy could you, would you like to explain that uh, yeah I mean the, the real tragedy was that um, I didn't go on it but that my wife <laughs> did instead um, and uh, what she originally told me was that it was a 10-day trip um, across the Outback Way, which sounded really good. It was going to make a really great story for our um, magazine. Um, what she didn't tell me was that uh, I would be staying home with the kids uh, and that it wasn't 10 days, it was 14 days. Uh, and so I um, called her on day nine and said, oh, I hope it's done really well. What time do I pick you up from the airport tomorrow? And she said, what do you mean tomorrow? You don't pick me up until Friday. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I think I shed a tear or two. Um, <laughs> um, but, oh, you know, yeah, she had she had such a great time, and um, yeah, it's it, it's one of the the big across Australia trips that I'm really disappointed I haven't done yet. Yeah, well, there will always be a, there will be a next time, I'm sure, and we will make sure yeah. that you're on that one. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's See, no way I'm sending Angela again. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> She doesn't get to do it twice. Oh, dear. But, uh, and what was really great about Angela being on the trip was that she was actually busy with uh, photographing caravans. And, um, and it was really interesting because, of course, we'd stop and we'd, we'd, we'd take photos of the landscape and all, and the other journalists were doing their thing. But um, Angela was very much honing on families and travelling with caravans. And, uh, and it was actually quite surprising how many were out there and, uh, and also just so well-equipped and... And really getting um, getting the most out of elder vans, and I think uh, that was really good for us to see in regards to the, the, the number because it is a, it is a you know it's a good it's a good gravel road, but you know it is gravel and there's a lot of it and uh, 1,500 kilometres of gravel, so you've got to know what you're doing and you've also got to be um, well equipped to with your van to make you know to enjoy the trip. So what what sort of tips or how do you think, you know, given your experience with lots and lots of different um, people travelling with vans and, um, and you would have written about a lot of uh, preparation for, for trips, what, what are the key things that people really need to get organised in regards to their vans? I mean, you know, is it, I mean, our, uh, the Outback Way is probably not a, uh, you know, it is, well, it is an off-road van or camper trailer trip. I, I wouldn't suggest a conventional van is recommended. But um, so, sort of, what sort of preparation would you would you be suggesting for people, or key things that people need to remember? Yeah, I think um, I mean the key thing to remember is that you are a long way from anywhere, um, and so 
Um, while there's uh, a fair bit of traffic going along the outback way, I'm sure there's you're still you're not in um, range of uh, the NRMA or the RACV um, a lot of the time. I think so. You've got to understand that no matter what you take across, that uh, you need to be um, at least somewhat able to help yourself out or be prepared to wait or um, have flexible plans, knowing that if um, something does hold you up just for a little bit, that you can you can handle it. Um, that's the first thing. Um, whatever equipment you take. Um, and the, the second is that uh, if you're um, prepared and sensible, then not a lot does go wrong. I think... Um, yes. yes, that's right. Uh, yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the time you can be out on a empty dirt road and no one around and um, you can be a bit tempted just to take it easy or um, uh, just go along with the flow when really you should be slowing down a little bit, taking your time. Um, if you uh, shed some speed and um, maybe drop a little air out of your tyres and um, look out for some of the rougher sections and things like that, then like that mechanical sympathy sympathy will really get you along a lot further than um, all the best doodads and fixits in the world, really. Um, yeah. So they're they're, yep. they're two things you can do that don't cost you a cent. And, and I think you're right. I think I think that sensible is actually key. I mean, it is about driving to road conditions. Um, it includes when it's dry and you know bulldust and all those things, but it also includes when it's wet. And you know, when the roads close, don't go, don't drive on it, because basically yeah. that's just going to cut it up for everyone else. So that, I think being sensible and being prepared, they're really two very good words because people can be prepared but not very sensible sometimes. <laughs> so, oh yeah, that's yeah, right. and then. Or sensible but unprepared, you know. So it's a very, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I think I think those two facets are are critical for really actually quite a relaxed journey, and and you really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's And right. there are distances, you know, the distances are true. However, you know, there are road stops and food and a bed and um, drinks, but you know, every sort of two to three hundred kilometres, so it's it's not too bad. Um, but yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, and. That's right, and sometimes those very basic practical ideas are, um, yeah, are probably better than the flash all the flash gear that uh, cost a fortune sometimes. Yeah, I see. Uh, we yeah. um we were, we were camped at um, uh, Palm Valley, just um in mm. yeah beautiful near yeah. yeah near um Alice Springs, or it's not not that anything's really near Alice Springs, but um uh, it's on the Mar- it's Springs. on the Red Centre Way and the it's on the Red Centre Way, yeah, yeah, yeah Red Centre yeah. Way, yep. Yeah. Uh, and we met a bloke there who'd come from Western Australia off, across that section of the Outback Way um, mm-hmm. in a Land Cruiser towing a camper trailer. Uh, and he was telling yeah. us that he'd had four um, flat tyres uh, coming yeah, across. Right. And uh, I said, oh, man, that, that sounds like a lot. Because at this stage, we'd been travelling around Australia and we'd done uh, 35,000 kilometres in the last or in the seven months prior to this and hadn't had a single flat. And so to have one guy wow. say he's had four flats in 2,000 kilometres seemed pretty excessive to us. Uh, and so I said, oh, um, what sort of air, air pressures have you got in your tyres? Like, did you let any out? And he's like, oh, no, we've got them at 45. Um, that's what we need to um, survive the road. And I, I felt like saying to him, obviously, that's not helping you survive the road because you just spent $1,100 on tyres at Yulara. Um, mm. Mm. But, yeah, had, had he have dropped... Um, his tyre pressures down to 35 psi or 30 psi, or even 25 psi, depending on his load, um, he yeah. would have got to where he was uh, with $1,100 in pocket still. 
Uh, and it's, yeah. it's something that wouldn't have cost him a cent uh, to do. Um, despite the fact like he had a really well set up um, four-wheel drive, he had all the gear, all uh, everything he needed, but uh, he just forgot one thing and it cost him a whole lot of money. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, very simple. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And the thing is, that's right. And, and because when it's really dry, the weather, the road condition changes and, and, some, and particularly with um, heavy freight over it, it collapses a little bit, so that's where the bulldust comes in. And so all those things, all your, your, your air pressures... Uh, um, you know, really do make a big difference in regards to, to managing the sand and then and then the gravel and yeah. So yeah, it's very good. Oh, that's a great tip. Thank you. That's excellent. Anything else in regards to? I, mean, I guess there's all the gadgets out there for communication and things like that. But is there anything in particular that you, know, you think that's worth recommending to people or talking about? Yeah, to- I mean, if uh, if you want to stay connected out on the road, there's heaps of um, uh, things to do it these days. I mean. You've got like the little personal locator beacons, which um, they can send basic communications like a text message or an okay message or a leave a breadcrumb trail for people to follow and make sure that you're um, okay in there. Like a really simple peace of mind sort of thing, usually not very expensive with a, a small subscription fee every issue or every year. Um, uh, or um, even if you want to stay, like have more sophisticated communication, um, a lot of um, rather than having like dedicated satellite phones these days, a lot of companies provide just an add-on for your smartphone. So you sort of plug it into your phone and it, it's got an antenna and a bit of basic computing. Um, and it, you can then make phone calls from your normal phone over the satellite network. And they're another really um, affordable uh, way to um, stay in contact when you're a long way from anywhere or the call costs are coming right down, the subscription costs are coming right down and the, the device yeah. costs are coming right down. So it's, yeah, that staying in touch is, um, is far easier these days. And uh, having talked to Angela um, nearly every day that she was on the Outback Way for two weeks, um, uh, it's, it's not, you're not often out of reception for too long. It was usually only uh, between towns and on the drives that um, couldn't get in contact or she couldn't make a phone call or even get onto the internet. So... On the, the Telstra network, at least, you're, you're never very far from reception. No, that's right. And I must say, it is, it is pretty good. And there's only a bit of a gap in the Western Australia. Um, but, um, but then you get to Warburton and uh, there's, there's good signal there. And, um, and obviously, Yulara and then uh, Alice. And then from Alice to Bullia is probably the only other big gap. But um, but even Gemtree's got a little bit of signal, so there's, there's, uh, that's right. I mean, you can actually at least every day, every every morning, you could say, you know, you could ring someone, and every night you could ring them and say you've arrived. So it's pretty yeah. uh, pretty safe. Yep, that's no, right. definitely. And so uh, then, if we're moving on to the actual off-road van, then and, and what sort of um, gear or the configuration or. Um, what sort of uh, recommendations do you have for people in regards to the uh, the off-road camper and uh, and uh, you know, off-road van? Yeah, this is a really interesting one. We actually in our um, our next issue that's going to print, we looked at the uh, the history of off-road caravanning in Australia. So we've um, been sort of researching how people that caravan and camp in Australia have been taking themselves off-road uh, right back into the 1800s when sort of caravanning first was introduced to Australia. So, um, I mean, people have been taking caravans and going camping off-road far longer than there have really been roads to go off in the first place. So 
Um, yeah, that's right. The, yeah, even, uh, I mean, even the early pioneers, the early settlers, you know, they, they did it by sheer necessity. Yeah, that's right. And um, mm. uh, you, you see all through, um, especially post-World War II when caravanning really started to boom in Australia, that, mm. um, that whatever was available, people were using to go where they wanted to go. And so... Um, like you look at the the old um, steel and aluminium car parks from the 1940s, which were the the best caravans of their day. Um, they were occasionally taken up the middle, like um, what's now the Stuart Highway and things like that. Um, yeah, well. And and people were people would camp on properties and down bush tracks and near rivers and things like that. So um, we, the the dedicated off road caravan is a relatively new phenomenon. Um, mm which is something that's made um, caravanning far more accessible because when you had just a, an old um, carapark or a Viscount or a Millard, if you wanted to take it off-road, then you needed to be... Um, you have a little bit of mechanical aptitude. You had to know how, what to do if something went wrong because these yep. vans and, and trailers, they weren't really made for that. And so there was um, like an accepted risk that something would go wrong, whereas now you've got like really prominent caravan makers like Kedron or Bush Tracker or even Jayco making um, off-road caravans uh, that are really reliable, really well built. Um, they're far less likely to have something go wrong. Um, but we're getting a little bit off topic of the original question you asked. Um, that's okay. No, that's, uh, good. that's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you were going to do a lot of um, off-road travelling, then you you need a caravan that is a little bit stronger than just your general um, family East Coast tourer. Um, and so, um, and that comes down to not just the tyres and the suspension, but you've got to look at uh, having a bit of a stronger chassis um, to take the load. Uh, and, um, and then also uh, even things like cabinetry and um, fixtures and things like that. It's uh, like, it's not uncommon to have a, a well-built caravan taking down a few gravel roads and the fridge might come out or something like that because they just weren't built to take that sort of yeah. um, uh, punishment. And that's not the fault of the manufacturer. They just never expected you to drive 2,000 kilometres across corrugations. There's lots of um, you know, books out. Um, you know, you've got Lee Atkinson's The Big Lap and also her latest book, The Explore Australia by Camper Trailer. So what's, yeah. what's the... Um, when there's off-road caravans and there's there's also camper trailers, and for a novice or someone just thinking about what to buy to do the lap or do you know do the trip, um, you know the camper trailer. What, what sort of other core differences? I mean, obviously a caravan you can pull up and just you know, it's all sorted. But but the but you know what what are the attractions to a camper trailer um, and um, you know and I guess uh, the uh, the caravan as well. I mean, what are the what are what what do you hear from people about what makes one you know, what, what causes people to lean one way or the other? Yeah, I think I mean, the biggest difference is the um, the size, and um, obviously, so camper trailers are, are much smaller. They're a bit more nimble. They're easier to tow into harder places. Um, there's sort of less to go wrong as well because once they're all packed up, everything's sort of packed in tight. Um, and so, yeah, they're a lot more versatile product if you want to, uh, take it down rougher tracks or uh, push those boundaries a little bit. And so uh, they're yeah. just easier to tow. They're lighter. You can see behind them better. Yeah, that's uh, what I was going to say. I'm going, oh, actually reversing was a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> you have to actually see where you're going. Um, but then mm. yeah, everything in caravanning and camping is a sacrifice. So if you've got small and easy to tow, then your comforts, you sacrifice comfort. Whereas 
a big caravan you just walk into and it's a small house basically it's got a bed there that's always working and a great kitchen and a big fridge and air conditioning and um yeah so if you want uh all the comforts then you've got to sacrifice versatility uh and ease of towing if you want ease of towing and versatility then you've got to sacrifice some comforts um there's just no yeah. two two ways around it really yeah no that's fair enough yeah that's good and yeah i guess it's also what people are going to be predominantly doing isn't it that would probably be the a majority of the time they're going to be exploring you know far away places or something a bit more nimble might be useful but if the majority of the time they're going to be looking around the, the major, you know, the traffic, you know, sealed routes, then caravans probably going to do it for them. So, yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, that's good. Um, and um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Adding to uh, what makes a a good off road caravan or things like that, it's got. A, I think um, I'm a big proponent of buy as small as you can handle, um, and so. Uh, if you really need comforts then, uh, and you want a full van with a, um, a shower and a toilet and a big bed and everything like that, uh, if you can handle all those comforts in a 19-foot van rather than a 22-foot van, you're probably better off with the 22-footer. Um, or if you can maybe even sacrifice a little bit more comfort and go down into a, a 16-foot van or um, or maybe even a camper trailer, like the, the smaller your rig... Uh, the, I think the better off you'll be in the long run uh, because they'll be easier to tow, they're lighter um, uh, and you've got, in the great outdoors, you've got heaps of living space, you can just sit under your awning. So, um, yeah, if you can uh, sacrifice a little bit of space inside, very rarely do you have to sacrifice features to get that, then you're, yeah, you're better off with a smaller van rather than the biggest one you can find. Yeah, that's good. And as you say, you know, that's right. I mean, the living space is huge, isn't it? And if, you, if you're outside, and there might be the occasional wet day, but really it's a, um, yeah, that's, I mean, why would you want to sit in your caravan anyway, by the way? <laughs> you know, when yeah, you're supposed I mean, to be out enjoying the outdoors. That's <laughs> so, right. I mean, it's, there's yeah, a lot of good reasons right. to sit in a caravan when they've got um, leather upholstered lounges and a, um, and air conditioning. But, um, yeah, it is, uh, you do go to travel to all these amazing places to go and see them. So, um, yes. yeah, you may as well make the most of it while you're there. You're out of, you're out of your van more than you're in it, so you'd hope. Yep. Yeah, that's right. So, the space, uh, it's really about just meal prep and sleep, isn't it, really? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, that's excellent. Oh, very good. Well, uh, Brendan, what, um, how can people connect with Rome and also get a subscription and just really um, start engaging with with all the uh, great information you're sharing through the Rome magazine? Uh, the best way is um, head to our website, which is timetoroam.com.au uh, forward slash subscribe, uh, and then you can find out information on how to get copies of our magazine, whether that's the latest issue or a subscription. Uh, you can find us in news agents around the country as well, um, but... Um, we're not in every news agent, so uh, sometimes you might go to the wrong one. So the best place is always our website, which has always got um, latest copies for sale, uh, subscriptions, which is the cheapest way to get it uh, and most reliable as well. So, uh, yeah. And do, uh, do you do back editions as well? So people could get yeah, issue 31 about the Outback Way if they wanted to? Yeah, 31 is for sale on our website. Um, uh, so you can grab that there. We'll, we'll post it out the same day it gets um, ordered. Uh, so you get it in a couple of days, um, uh, or you can buy um, digital copies of it as well. So uh, yeah, they're also available on our website. Well, that's excellent. Oh, very good. Yeah. 
Well, Brendan, thank you so much for your time. Look forward to the next edition. It sounds very interesting, the history of the uh, off-road camper. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll look forward to staying in touch, and no doubt we'll we'll have you or Angela back on it in the near future. Yeah, it won't be it won't be or Angela. It will be me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, Angela might come on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Yeah, no worries. We'll let her come on the podcast. No, but she's not doing the outback way again. (laughs) No, no, not unless I'm there too. No, no, that's Um, it. And the kids. Oh, or maybe without the kids. I don't know about that. Without the kids, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Good on you. All right. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll uh, hope, uh, please head over to Time to Rome and uh, get on, get your subscription and uh, and start uh, having a look at what uh, what Brendan's putting together every uh, every edition. So it's a really great magazine. Thanks so much. Yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll speak to you soon. No Cheers. worries. Thanks so much, Helen. It was great to be here. Cheers. Thank you for tuning into the Outback Way podcast. Our notes and links will be on our website, outbackway.org.au. You can subscribe to our newsletter, buy our guidebook and download the app if you haven't already. Please join us on Facebook, Outback Way, Australia's Longest Shortcut, and on Twitter at Outback Way 1. The Outback Way podcast is all about your trip. We're really trying to make it easier for you and give you valuable information to make it more enjoyable. So we'd love your feedback. Send your questions, comments and travel stories to info at outbackway.org.au and if you share your story, we may even feature you on this podcast. Thank you for joining us through the heart of Australia on Australia's Longest Shortcut. Cheers for now.